0: Hey guys, my guest with me today is Ross Lepola, powerlifting and fitness coach, content creator, influencer, founder and host of the Project Unchained podcast, and a family man. Ross, happy to have you on, man. How you doing?
1: Nick, my brother. Um, fantastic. I'm I'm excited to be here. Um, uh, enjoy your show. I've listened to quite a few episodes, enjoyed your book, and really excited to, uh, to meet and connect with you.
0: Awesome. Good deal, bro. Well, uh, In keeping with the vein of the show, brother, just kind of give us a window, take us on your journey of where you got started, and then we'll get into what you're doing today.
1: Oh, man, Um, where where I got started, well, a a lot of my, where I'm at, and, and like, has been influenced from where I was as a kid. I got bullied significantly when I was a kid. And the thing that happened when I was bullied, it was, was, you know, it was constant. Like I was on the, on the ride to school, at school, on the ride home from school. And so that became like that poison in my mind. And that became my self-talk. And so not only was I being bullied at school, but I was being bullied and tormented at home in my bedroom, just because that was, that, that would, that became the landscape of my self-talk you hear something enough, you hear something, and um, you know, one time you can shake it off, but when you hear it repeatedly, it gets written into your brain. It gets written into your subconscious. And I didn't have any tools to combat that effectively. Um, I was still in that time period where, you know, my parents would say sticks and stones may break your bones, but words may never hurt you. And while well-intentioned, it was very ineffective at its intention. Uh, words are very damaging, especially like I say, when it gets written into your subconscious and that's what you think and believe about yourself. So I was significantly depressed uh, as a kid and at its peak, I was even suicidal at age 12 ish, whatever that age is going from sixth grade to seventh grade. Um, And fortunately, I was able to get through that scary time period with just thinking about my family and you know my mom and dad don't deserve me to find me here dead on the floor of their bedroom I need to do something different What what's going on and so I was able to move away from that moment and not do any irreversible harm to myself but there was still a lot there and there is still a lot of darkness in my heart and in my mind and then in seventh grade I found sports especially football and I was like oh you mean I can hit somebody as hard as I want to and not get in trouble for it? Sign me up, let's go. Yep. And so that gave me a place to exercise my anger, just go out in the field and smash people. Um, and I was I was pretty good at it too. So that naturally gave me something that gave me recognition and validation. Um, gave me a sense of worth, of self worth. <clears throat> and then later on that year, I found the weight room, and that was, that was really quite an interesting experience. Cause the first time that I ever walked into a weight room, I was greeted by a senior captain, really popular guy. Like, you know, the kind of guy that everybody looks up to and wants to be and emulate and idolize. And he greets me, Oh, what are you doing in here? You're just a little bitch. You won't be anybody, no matter what you do in here. And you know, I'm not better. I'm still in my head, not necessarily thinking very much well of myself and so i had no idea how to respond to that moment i was like what the hell I'm like oh my god i don't know what to do right now and fortunately another senior captain of the team like stood up and he's like hey you don't talk to anybody like that in my weight room get the hell out of here and kicks him out and comes over to me he's like oh you here you want to learn how to lift weights uh, yeah yeah scared out of my mind still and he's like all right well i'm benching it's bench day come over here i'll teach you how to bench and and it was love at first sight, so to speak. Yeah. I, like I I I literally that whole summer, I, I lived seven miles from the school and I would ride my bike seven miles one way to lift weights for three hours to ride my bike seven miles back home. Like it it was it was an obsession. And it was it started the beginning of me and and growing and finding a way to grow, even though at that time it was mostly just physical.
0: Yeah. My uh, life coach that I just did a ten-week transformation um, program with is got this program that he uses where the very first of seven things that they work uh, work with you with uh, it, it, it's uh, it's fitness, family, your faith, your finance, your field, which is your career, friends, fun. It's this categorized outline where they think that everything that we do in life will fall into one of the seven categories to one degree or another. And the first one, they always start people with is fitness. And I really like that because I think that's kind of the easiest thing that we can control as people. You know what I mean? Like, like, let's say I woke up and I was like, I'm ready to change my finances. And I'm going to go ask my boss for a raise. Well that requires me to get another person to be on board with this agenda. You know what I mean? Or in my relationship to my wife, you know, I want to take it to the next level that requires another person to be engaged in this activity that's going to take it to the next level with your fitness, it's you. You are the bucket that sits on its own bottom. You have the power to control that. And as soon as you get involved in your physique and your fitness, your health and nutrition, and you start seeing results, man, it just opens up this level of confidence and self esteem. And it certainly did for me. And I'm glad that you shared that story about how Like that was a dire time man. it was do or die. If you would have just turned around and walked away and that other guy never would have saw that incident happen. Right. You probably would have never got into weightlifting or at best it would have been pushed back for a while. But in that moment, you know, a little miracle or whatever, and this guy was able to come and kind of help you get going with that. And you found your thing. How important do you think it is for guys that may be struggling, struggling with self-confidence, self-esteem, self-worth, to find something, whether it's weights, you know, fitness, exercise, or just anything that they can latch onto and put like hyper focus on and begin to develop, to begin to build self esteem and to begin to rewire the mind.
1: Oh, well, I think it's super important, and the way I look at it, like <clears throat> it, it doesn't necessarily have to be weightlifting. Or powerlifting, like that's what I do. Um, At the time, it was mostly more training and lifting generally for football. um, Because that was more the thing that mattered to me was football. Not so much lifting weights, but I knew and connected with, you know, if I lift weights, I get bigger, faster, stronger. And if I get bigger, faster, stronger, I'm going to be able to run over more people. I'm going to be able to hit people harder. And like, so there was a lot of appeal to that to me. I think the one of the important connections is that it's not even about finding something that you're necessarily good at. It's about finding something that inspires and ignites something deeper within you. Yeah. Whatever that is, it's going to, it's going to bring something alive in you because like in a moment like that in a place like that, everything was dead inside of me. I I was hollow. I I didn't have self-worth. I didn't have self-esteem. And so finding something that ignited that spark and brought that light back into my life is what allows that to go, right? So it's like, if you, got a, if you got a fire that kind of dims out, but you got a bed of coal still under there, you know, it might just take a little bit of blowing on it, a little bit of wind, a little bit of fuel to, to get that fire lit back up and raging. Yeah. And so like, that's what that is. When we have something that's really important to us and we have something that's really fun and really ignites us that's what that's going to do and the intent is you're going to turn that fire into a wildfire and you're going to it's going to spread and burn and rage in a positive light in terms of spreading light in the world not necessarily like burning it all down like a wildfire but yeah uh, you know it it brings you life it brings you some kind of sense of purpose because at the end of the day if we don't have purpose we're not going to have drive we're just going to be we're going to live a life of complacency.
0: Right. I like that, bro. I like that analogy that you used. One thing you said uh, just a minute ago was that getting good at sports gave you the recognition and the validation and the sense of self-worth that really mattered to you in that moment. And I think about guys that grow up maybe in really, really good homes where their parents were very active in developing the mindset in a child to be self-confident, independent, have strong self-esteem and self-worth. I don't think those kids grow up into their adulthood necessarily needing validation and recognition as much as someone that, like in my case, uh, some abusive stuff that went on, or in your case, some bullying that went on. Let me ask you this. When you're a child, you need that. We all need recognition, validation, and support, but when you get into your older years, is it still okay to function with a need of recognition and validation? Because I get tremendous amounts of it from how I show up at work, and I like to think it's a good thing. What are your thoughts on that?
1: So that's a fun question that has a lot of layers to it. When I was 28, I had, I got smacked in the face with a baseball bat of anxiety. Uh, I was right when Vanessa and I kind of shifted from being just friends to being more romantic and having a more romantic relationship. And at the time we were still long distance, you know, I was living in Alaska and she was in Georgia and All kinds of insecurity thoughts came flooding in my mind. I was mowing the grass one day. I'll never forget that, David. And as I'm mowing the grass, I'm just like, start making all these fear-based scenarios um, that could happen, just making up stories. And my mind went to town on me and just demoralized me. And I'm like, holy shit, man, all that pain and all that hurt and all that suffering is still in you. And you've been carrying it with you this entire time. And that's why you've been insecure. That's why you've lacked really healthy romantic relationships. That's why you've lacked really healthy friend relationships. Like that's been in you this entire time. It's time to do something different. I want to do something different. I'm tired of this. This sucks. I'm tired of being insecure. I'm tired of all these self-limiting thoughts and beliefs. Now that I'm aware of them are controlling my life. And so that started my healing journey. And I worked with a life coach for a while, who's also a therapist and a bunch of different stuff. And, And that sparked me to grow and change. And in that growth and that change, some of the things that I've grown to realize and, and also gift gifts from fatherhood. One of the most important things that I've learned from fatherhood is that all the most basic needs of all children is to feel a sense of belonging and significance. That's the most important thing. And so like a child's going to get that when they have your attention, all they need is your attention, whether it's positive or negative, your attention gives them belonging and significance. So when, they don't have your attention. They're going to act out when they do have your attention. They're going to be fulfilled with that belonging and significance. How are you going to give them that sense of belonging and significance? Are you going to give it to them in a positive way and play with them and wrestle with them and tickle with them and play games with them and Uno and all those things? Mm-hmm. Or are you going to be in a power struggle when the kid is lashing out? There's no such thing as a bad kid, only a kid who lacks belonging and significance. Okay. And so if we look at that, that's external validation, right? They need Children need that external validation. They, they need to feel that. What happens as we get older, if we didn't have that in our base and in our the foundation of our development, what happens with a lot of that is that then also fuels, if you're doing it from a positive lens, um, you can feel and teach that kid that there's internal validation. So like we very specifically with rosalie validate her effort not the outcome it doesn't matter how nice the painting in is how beautiful the dance was uh, what the grade is like we don't give a shit about that we give a shit about recognizing her effort and that is like one of those ways that will help instill internal validation for her because when we as adults seek external validation we're not operating from a place of authenticity we're operating from a place of hey I need your approval to validate me as a person in my existence. Yeah. And when we do that and we're not operating from that space in place of authenticity, guess what? People are going to smell that bullshit a mile away. Whereas if you are operating from a space in place of authenticity, where you're honoring yourself, because you know inside you mm-hmm. that you are enough that you belong and you are significant and you can have that internal validation. You're gonna operate from a place that honors you fully and completely. And people are gonna love that shit.
0: Yeah, I like that, bro. That's good because I think in my past growing up in with what was perceived as a home without support or validation, I have always sought for ways, you know, and kids get involved in gangs because they're looking for validation, they get involved in drugs to hang out with these other people. You know, we're always looking for it, and the only Positive arena that I've never been able to find support and approval and validation is how I carry myself at work, you know. And I think just recently I'm getting to a place where, yes, I know what I bring to the table in my labor, and there is some like internal self validation, like I know who I am and what I bring, but there's still a part of me that really enjoys knowing that other people validate and approve. You right. know, you know what I mean? And I think sure. just because there was a deficiency in it growing up, you know what I mean? But uh, oh no,
1: absolutely. Mm. And and that's all not to say that we still don't enjoy external validation. We like we still want to be seen and heard. We right. want that effort to be recognized, whether it be at work or at home or whatever, like that still is important. We are social creatures, community is important. But we are more powerful more effective when yeah. we're operating from the from that space of authenticity rather than a place of seeking that outside of us like that's what we need it's yeah. good to get that but that's not what i need to fulfill me right and so i think about it like for so long for so many years i was that nice guy in the friend zone and i struggled with it i was pissed off about it i do things like oh why doesn't she like me blah 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 well man the feminine can smell that shit a mile away they can smell that lack of authenticity they can smell that lack of masculinity they can smell that lack of purpose that lack of drive that lack of identity like i need to define myself and who i am not what somebody else thinks yeah and so like i i was riddled with people pleasing behavior and nice guy tendencies and the connection that I made with that where I was finally able to like go, oh, that's why it didn't work. Duh, what an idiot. It's because I was doing those things to get them to like me. Right. I wasn't yep. doing those things because I wanted to do those things. I was only doing them because I wanted somebody else to like me. And right. there's a giant difference in doing something for somebody that because you want them to like them, like you, or because you want to do it. And whether people are consciously aware of that or not, they feel it and they react to it. This is the in whole the form social
0: acceptance at any cost thing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to I, interrupt. You were going to say oh, they will no, react. No.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's whether, whether a person is consciously aware of that or not, there is that energy being brought to it and they're going, and that's when it's like, Oh, okay. Yeah, no, you're, you're just, you're just a friend. You're just a friend because they, they feel it. Yeah. We're energetic beings. If we weren't energetic beings, how would, how would our bodies animate? How would we move? How would our heart continue to beat? Sure. Like that's energy. That's life force. And like I think about it from like fatherhood, right? And we we think about everybody talks about like, oh, trust your dog, right? Your dog, if your dog doesn't like somebody, trust them. That's your dog greeting energy. If you right. pay attention to your kids close enough, your kids do the same thing, right? And what happens is a lot of times, we as parents get authoritative and try and control and push the kid to do what we think they should be doing rather than just trusting them to, they know what they're doing. And we stifle that ability to read that energy. Yeah. Boys tell them, Oh, hug your uncle Johnny. Goodbye. Well, maybe uncle Johnny is a creepy asshole and the kid doesn't want to hug him. <laughs> you know?
0: Right. Yeah. No, we had a, we had a little bit of an experience with that over the holidays this last year. And, uh, I, yeah, my kids, my, yeah, my kids by halfway through the Christmas week, you know, due to my, due to my own, due to my own issues I was dealing with, issues that other people in the family were dealing with, that was a very weird holiday and the kids were picking up on all of that energy and yeah, it was kind of a weird holiday, but okay, so I, all right, so we're building this foundation here and maybe this, maybe this podcast will really strike a tone with guys (laughs) that. You know, grow up in a situation whether it's abuse at home or being bullied at school because it sounds like you had a, you know fairly neutral or you know at least slightly positive upbringing at home and all that. but guys finally get to the place where they realize you know my self-esteem, my self-worth, my self-image, self-identity, self-confidence, all of this is waning and not where I want it to be. and a result of that, I find myself um, not being authentic. I find myself um, looking for social acceptance at any cost. And I can tell that it's not working because people are reading energy. And this is kind of a synopsis of where I'm getting with this. So I need to figure out how to develop uh, my own authenticity, whether it's a man trying to develop masculine authenticity, or even I got a lot of ladies that listen to the podcast. They just want to develop their own authentic self and not be a people-pleasing person that's willing to say and do whatever to be accepted. Now we know that we need to develop authenticity is there a process for developing a growing authenticity like what does that look like when you start that process
1: you have to have a relationship with yourself the most important relationship you'll ever have in your entire life is the one that you have with yourself because at any point in time any relationship you can walk away from you know like you you can literally uh, you know it's not (laughs) necessarily great but you could literally walk away from your kids yeah like that wouldn't be good that wouldn't necessarily be a moralistic virtue but you could if you wanted to today you could get up right now nick and walk out of your house and never come back yeah like that's a reality but the thing about it is you cannot ever ever do that with yourself you cannot ever walk away from yourself now you can you can distract yourself from yourself and that's how i look at like for so many years, that's what I did. I played so many video games. I was constantly busy doing. So I spent what, like, I had like five years. I, I lived in Alaska for 12 years. And there's like five years of which where I was just very alone, bachelor life, lived by myself, just me and my dog. <coughs> and look back at that time now through the knowledge and perspective that I have. And I'm like, Holy shit, man, that was just a life of distractions, right? Like I didn't necessarily have any major substance abuse issues, but I look at it as a similar thing, right? You're still trying to get away from something. You're still trying to numb out something and not feel something that's inside of you. And so for me, it was a lot of video games, a lot of movies, a lot of TV, um, I did a lot of woodworking, um, and just things to keep me busy so that I didn't have to be with myself. Right. And that's what it was. That's what life was for me was to be busy, be doing, never just be. And like, so one of the biggest things when I started that healing journey was I I shut the damn cable off. I canceled my TV subscription. I started blocking out the things that distracted me from life, the things that kept me unconscious and started to do the things that allowed me to have a more conscious life. Because we have to have awareness when we think about authenticity. Authenticity is like you doing things that honor yourself. Um, What does that look like? That looks like, When somebody asks you to do something, it's either a fuck yes or a hell no. There's never a, oh, maybe, maybe I'll do it. And then you reluctantly do it. When you go reluctantly do something, that's you denying your authenticity. If somebody asks you, hey, can, can you help me move this weekend? And you're like, yeah, I can help you move. But inside you're like, I don't want to help this guy move again. Like, come on. Like you're denying your authenticity. You're doing something that you don't actually want to do. Right. And the only way that you can find that is have that awareness. You have to start to elevate your consciousness so you can be aware of those moments and learn to honor that. Learn to say yes with a yes and no with a no. And at the end of the day, nobody deserves, well, nobody needs an explanation. You don't have to explain yourself. You don't right. owe people an explanation. If you just say, no, I'm not able to this weekend,
0: mm-hmm. that
1: can be the end of the conversation.
0: Sure. I like that. As a general rule, I totally see how that would be like a starting point for like becoming more authentic because I think in a people-pleasing environment where we're trying to be accepted and find that validation, we'll find ourselves agreeing to things that we're not aligned with. But just to play devil's advocate here, is there ever a place where, you know, I don't want to help this guy move, but it's the right thing to do, even though I don't want to do it. So I'm going to help this guy out. Or at that point, do we need to just convince ourselves that it is the right thing and we should, I mean, do we do things sometimes that we don't want to do and is that okay? Because it's like for the greater good of another person or because, you know, you know, our flesh is saying no, but you know, it, it, it would, it would be a good thing. It would help somebody else. Is there ever a place for that? no okay fair enough fair enough am i
1: am i perfect at that also no right (laughs) there's definitely times where i'm still like reluctantly do things but i mean at the end of the day too like that doesn't excuse that's not an excuse for disregard to other people
0: right and i say
1: that right and i say that specifically because i hate the word selfish I think a lot of people need to learn how to be selfish in a healthy manner.
0: Right.
1: Right. And be able to say, no, I have other things that I need to do for me that if I help you move this weekend, that would, that would take from me taking care of myself. And at the end of the day, you cannot pour from a half glass. You can't pour from an empty cup rather. Right. Like, I did a podcast with a lady who is helping her struggling teen. Her adopted son got into drugs and alcohol at age 12. He's 18. He still struggles with substance abuse and suicide. And when he, when she found that he was struggling, that cued her like healing and therapy journey. And it was really cool to hear that, you know, her therapist is like, Hey, you have to prioritize taking care of yourself because the only way that you're going to be able to take care of Joey is if you take care of yourself. And Mm -hmm. it was so good because the way that she explained it was finally like one of those, one of those things is like, Oh, that's exactly why. Right. So Mm -hmm. somebody who is in a, a bad place, who's struggling with substance abuse, struggling with suicide ideation, They're not grounded. They're really flighty. They're a a leaf in the wind getting blown all over the damn place. If we want to help them, we have to be their ground. We can't meet them with anxiety. We have to meet them with confidence. We have to meet them with love, care, and compassion. And the only way we're ever going to be able to do that is through that strong relationship with self where we can keep ourselves grounded, where we're honoring ourselves along the way. Because if we're not honoring ourselves along the way and we're doing those things reluctantly, we're not going to be grounded. It's going to cause that anxiety. It's going to cause that, those bad harbored feelings.
0: Yeah. Um, before we get into some of the other basic um, steps on this foundation of growing authenticity, because we had talked a couple of weeks ago and you mentioned changing your environment and um, developing extreme responsibility and different things like that. And I want to hear about that. Um, what, what would you say? To the person that's uh they're trying to get themselves developed and they're uh, still struggling with some people pleasing issues like for example my boss called me the other day at one o'clock in the afternoon and we're semi on call and it was my anniversary 15 year anniversary uh and and i struggled immensely to tell him hey bro i it's my anniversary, bro. Like 15 years, right? Like, I, I like I can't make it. You know, I, I I had to like coddle. Are you sure you're alright? He's like, No, go ahead, you're fine. Are you sure, bro? Like, I'm not gonna, I'm not letting you down, am I? You know, kind of a thing. And rather than just being strong and saying, Look, the power of no is here. You know what I mean? Right. What what needs to take place in a person so that they can get extremely powerful at no. like by way of boundaries, you
1: know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, again, I think a lot of that is baked down and comes down to awareness and knowing yourself enough to know when you really want to do something and when you really don't want to do something yeah. and knowing that honoring that is the most powerful and important thing that you can do. Yeah. And I, so I think one of the ways that I kind of tend to look at this is through the lens of honesty. And there's so many different places in our culture that cultivate white lies, lying, different things of that nature. And that teaches us to be dishonest. And that's emotional poison. And the biggest thing that that does is that then it almost in a sense teaches us that it's okay to be dishonest with ourselves. And when we're dishonest with ourselves, that's when we will make those excuses. Mm
0: -hmm. That's when
1: we'll, we'll... not honor ourselves. And we'll we'll say yes when we mean to say no and different things of that nature. When, if we connect with the idea that the most important thing is to honor the truth and honor honesty in every way, in shape, or form as possible.
0: Do you have a mindset for, I'm always talking on my podcast. It's, it's the same thing about being like authentic to yourself, but I word it in a different way where I'll say, Live your core values, because when you don't, um, it just creates this immediate lack of self-confidence. For example, a guy stands up and says, look, man, I'm ready to change my life. No more porn, no more drinking, no more drugs, You know, uh, no more video games, no more. And you're like, I'm going to start pushing myself to be a better person. And they start that process and then they have like an epic blowout or a failure, a face plant, if you will, on that journey. And they step out of alignment, their core values. For me, it knocks me down hard. And I am just recently starting to learn how to get up faster, quicker, you know, more, give myself more room to grow and not hold it over my head so much. But for a long time, it would take days, bro. Like, you know, after Mm -hmm. I would have an integrity failure or something like that, it would take the wind out of me and it would take days to recover. Is there a way or a process of dealing with the failures along the way to becoming your more authentic self that speed up the process or how do you do it yourself? How do you deal with your own failures?
1: I journal about it. Okay. I, you know, uh, it's, it's interesting. You think about like journaling and journaling for the longest time I resisted because it was in my head, it was always that thing. Oh, that's for high school girls. Right. right. You know, I don't, I don't need a journal and then i started journaling and i'm like man this is the fucking greatest thing on the on the face of the earth okay. because for me if we look at like our brain and our thoughts it's just this big scrambled mess that's going a million miles an hour and you're just like get overwhelmed with all these thoughts and when you're overwhelmed with all those thoughts you lack any and all action you just you freeze because you're so overwhelmed you you have no freaking idea what to do or where to go and that creates that inaction, right? And so that inaction is that inability to, to move forward from that moment, right? When you have that breach of integrity and you can't get moving forward because you're frozen in an action. Where when I journal, it takes that scrambled mess and organizes it because okay. I can't write as fast as I can think. So when I slow things down, I can start to connect with them a little bit better. Hey, this is what happened, this is what I did. This is what it made me feel like. This is what I would have preferred to do. Cool. Okay. I can go through that whole process. I can acknowledge the event, acknowledge what I would like to do differently. And then as well, like take a moment and be like, Hey, you know what, Ross, like you've come a long ways. I forgive you. I know you're not going to be perfect, but let's move on from this. And like, forgiveness is key. Forgiveness is the thing that's going to set you free in any way, shape, or form. And the way that I like to, I oftentimes really like to think in analogies, right? And so the analogy of forgiveness is, imagine you're going to, you're going on, you're, you're finally getting that opportunity to go on that beach vacation. And you go on that v- beach vacation, you get there, you arrive at the beach. What are you going to do? What's the first thing you're going to do when you get to get to that destination? Me personally? Yeah. To the beach? Yeah.
0: I'm getting in the water, I think. <laughs>
1: What <laughs> are you going to do before that though?
0: I don't know. Do tell
1: you're going to, you're going to stop by your hotel room or your Airbnb and you're going to check your bags. Okay. You're going to drop your bags off. You're not yeah. going to carry your bags to the beach.
0: Right. I like Nobody's going
1: to bring all their luggage to the beach. Right. That's right. forgiveness. Right. Okay. Stop carrying yesterday's shit around today.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we like got to that.
1: check our bags and move on. That's the only way we're going to have fun on that beach. That's the only way we're going to have fun in the present moment right now is by checking our shit, setting it down in the hotel room, leaving it there. Right. And that's forgiveness is letting go of the past, not carrying it with us so that we can be present because at the end of the day, the most important time is now the most important time is this present moment between you and I that we're sharing here and re- making this podcast episode. Yeah. You know, yeah. It, this podcast episode is going to suck if I'm thinking about what I got to do afterwards. Right. Right. But if we're present, we're going to have a lot more genuine, authentic conversation when we're present and in touch with each other and the same that that matters with ourself too. You know, if we're not forgiving ourselves then we're, we're stuck in the past. And when we're stuck in the past or the future, we're not present.
0: I like how the journaling, kind of gave you a sense what I picked up from that was almost like it was put in a box and closed but until you make that connection between your mind and what you're writing and I was trying to write down really fast all those things that you have said like how you talk to yourself and then Mm -hmm. I realized wait a minute I can listen to this podcast later slow it (laughs) down and write it down because you said some really good stuff on there that I think a person in the journal needs to write out, you know, how, what did I do? How did it make me feel? What would I have liked to do better? You know, all of that stuff. And basically instead of it still swirling around in your head unresolved, you've given it closure. Like you put it in a box and put it on the shelf, so to speak. And I like that. And I, you can be sure that I will be implementing that as I go forward, because uh, I, that's a struggle for me, but uh, Ross. So let me do this. You and I both know the IT issues that we kind of dealt with and uh, all of that. Yep. Stuff. So I'm going to do a quick pause and then get, get another link wait. Sound good? Yep.
1: Sounds good. I'll be watching for the link.
0: So I feel like I'm going to get some emails from my audience here pretty quick, like sending me like links to like IT courses for beginners and stuff <laughs> like that. Right. I get all the gigs figured out, man. But as we progress on this journey of becoming our most most authentic self, talk to me about changing our environment because you and I had spoke about this in our warm up chat a few weeks ago, and what that. Right. Like.
1: Yeah, man. For me, so I was living in Alaska for. I was up there for twelve years. Moved up there in two thousand seven when I graduated from college, University of North Dakota. Um. And I loved it. I had a great time. It was fantastic. But for me, um, I I wasn't, I, I, you know, I was still very emotionally immature. I was still very like in that low self-esteem, low self-worth aspect. I just didn't know it yet. I, I wasn't aware of it. And so when I look at it, I move away from all my friends and I move up there and I have no friends. When you have no friends, you'll accept any friend. And so the first thing that kind of happened with that was I, I got into a relationship with a woman and I was in that relationship with her for two years because, well, I was lonely and I fell in love with being dad to her son. And that was a painful breakup, not because Of her but because I knew I was never going to see him again and that's definitely that's definitely tough like anytime Ian comes up I feel some shit man that's a that's a wound that'll probably never never close up Yeah. Um, but that was the that was one of the first lessons that I learned I suppose on on being authentic I, I gave myself away a lot during that relationship I did not honor myself at all it was a complete self-sacrifice and there was no happy. It was I was completely miserable. Um, but I didn't, you know, I still didn't like learn it fully, right? Like, and, and not so much moving from there. I, I didn't have, I didn't necessarily bring in that bad of people into my life, right? Like the friends that I have there, I still love. They became family. But at the same time, like our lifestyles were completely different. Once I started healing and becoming more conscious, our prior to that, our lives were very parallel, but now I was starting to diverge. I was starting to want to do more for myself physically, mentally, and spiritually. And a lot of the other people that were close to me were just, they're complacent with where their lives were. Mm -hmm. And I was tired of being fucking complacent. I wanted more. I wanted to do be and create more. And I I was having a hard time with that. So one, I really felt the need to move out from Alaska because I was traveling a lot more traveling out of Alaska is really difficult. I felt like I needed a change of scenery in terms of my friends. I needed to be a lot more picky about who I let into my core to my core circle that were going to be people that would elevate me. And so that was, those were the big driving factors for me to move. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and so now I'm a lot more picky and I analyze I analyze people in a, as non-judgmental way as possible I simply when I like if I meet new people I think about it like are these do these seem like the type of people that are, that are seekers and growers and changers or are they trying to live that standard American life because that's not what I want anymore and I'll still I'm still friends with people like that I'm just being more aware of it to whether I invite them into that core that core circle of influence right right? we've all heard that we've all heard that that saying that you're you're some product of the five people you spend the most time with right well that's that's real that's true so if knowing that and acknowledging that now I have to be more aware of what that influence is and what that environment is. Um, I can still be friends with people that are not in that core circle. It's just a matter of being a lot more selective of that core circle and a lot more selective of that environment. Where am I going? What are the things I'm doing? Like my old neighbors, love them to death. Nothing will ever change that. But the things that we did to spend our time together weren't exactly elevating. It involved, you know, Sundays we'd go, go to the bar during football season. And, you know, in Alaska football started at 9am. So we started out with, uh, you know, scrambled eggs and a bloody Mary, right. and you know, we'd start drinking and watching football and we'd be there for the first game and the second game. And so we'd have a couple bloody Marys, and then you'd switch over to a burger and beers Uh, and then that game would be over and you'd stop at the the beer store on the way home to get some more beer, to go to go barbecue, to watch a night game. Right. And, you know, like that, that didn't help or do or create anything in my life other than a -hmm. financial waste of money and time. And so like, what environment am I spending my time in? What are the, what are the, what are, what environment are the people that I'm spending my time with doing and just being more aware of that and not necessarily being mindless of that, right? Like, I, I think a lot of the stuff that I would do a lot of times would be because it's what other people are doing rather than checking in with myself and like, is this what I really want to do? no, I don't really want to go spend all Sunday at the bar drinking beer, watching football. So just being aware of that, being aware of that environment.
0: For me personally, I have met people that say, whether somebody else made a mess of your life or whether you made a mess of your own life, the most honorable thing to do is to just stay where you're at and fix yourself and build your reputation back. And I do not ascribe to that wholeheartedly. I think there's a place for that, but I think that there are times when a man, a person, simply needs new canvas to paint the rest of their life on. And if it's moving from Alaska to Georgia, or in my case, you know, even Colorado um, to come to North Dakota and and work and different things, sometimes you just have to remove yourself completely to a new environment, get a fresh start. Nobody knows you. Nobody knows where you've been, what you've done. Nobody knows I've been to prison twice. Nobody knows I spent eight years, you know, mainlining methamphetamines, nobody knows. And it gives me an opportunity to kind of like build fresh and new right? without judgment, without tainted reputation. In a different network, you know that way I can start being very selective in who I bring into my network in this new place, and I'm okay with people up just uprooting and moving. Um, but you also mentioned obviously changing the network. One thing that I've noticed is people that, and you said you said very few people are into this. It's it's a true statement, and it's almost like you have to wake up and have your aha moment, whether it's through something tragic that happens or you just get tired of the humdrum mediocrity of life but very few people i found are on this trajectory of becoming the most elite versions of themselves of wanting to progress and grow and not only be better for themselves but be better for the people that they have obligations to like in your case being father you know being spouse you know having significant other or whatever for uh for network changes i found I found it was dry land looking for people that would that are like-minded in this. So inadvertently in the process of looking to build a new network, I started having people on the podcast and I didn't realize I was doing this and I wasn't intending to do this, but my new network is all of these amazing people that I've been able to have on the show. Like I'm not the big duck, but I'm in the pond But I'm trying to get a lot of like, you know, coaches and people that are experts in their space and people that are on this path, you know, and I don't necessarily talk to all of them like once a week or whatever. But there are people that have been on my show that I will still talk to on the phone, that I'll send text messages back and forth, people that will reach into my life with ideas of how I can build my brand, uh, people that I check in with. And it's a digital network, I guess you could say, you know. Right. But if it's all you've got, like, you got to get something, you've got to remove yourself, and you've got to build a new network. Let's talk yep. about extreme responsibility, because you mentioned this in our warm up chat a couple weeks ago as part of this process of developing into your most authentic self. Talk to us about extreme ownership. What is that? What is that? Or extreme responsibility and ownership? What is that? And what does that look like?
1: Well, be, real quick, before we move on to that question, sure. sure. just thinking about like that network, because part of it, I, like, I feel like the responsibility to, to say it too, like, I have to own my own shortcomings to that and not just sound like I'm, you know, throwing away old friends, because I don't want that to be the perception. That's not, it's uh, not what I mean. For me, a lot of it, like I had to move and change the environment radically like that because of my own inability to regulate the boundary of what I was willing to do and not do. Yes. And that was my way of doing that was because I couldn't, mm-hmm. I had the inability to tell my friends like, hey, I'm changing. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I'm not going to be able to do this stuff with you anymore. I couldn't do that. I couldn't step up to the plate and say those things and, and act on them. right like there's a part of me i suppose that was like that gets entrenched in the routine of things and like if these are the things that i do with these people then these are the things that i'm going to continue to do with these people yeah and i had a really hard time like for me to be like no stop like my way to say no and stop was i'm gonna change i'm gonna move and now i have this blank canvas to start over with right right and now i know based on the mistakes I made on the other canvas, what not
0: to do on this one. Yes, absolutely, bro. Right? That's it. And some of us have yeah. like 15 to 25 different pieces of canvases in our office because we've moved uh <laughs> 20 times. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Man. But I've definitely, had, I've definitely had these talks with my wife where I'm like, you know what? The ship has sailed here, whether, whether it's because we did something or I did. It's never my wife. She's like, yeah, my wife could have been Jesus's mother as virtuous as, and stoic as, you know what I mean? As my wife is, right. I am, I am the space case and the experiment in progress here, but I like the caveat that you used there, that it wasn't the fact that you guys are toxic. So I'm out of here. It was more, I have goals and I am not capable in this environment and in my state to maintain this with y'all. So I have to leave. It's my inability to level up in this environment, not you guys are the bad influence, and that's the only reason why I can't win. My inability, I like the caveat you put there, and that's basically what it is. Yeah, that's good, bro. I like that.
1: Right? And it's that extreme responsibility.
0: Yeah.
1: Right? So, when I think about extreme responsibility, I think about, like, it's all on me. My life experience is entirely on me how I want to create my life experiences all on me all my bad experiences are my responsibility all my good experiences are my responsibility so a bunch of stuff that that does for me when I look at it from a extreme responsibility standpoint that is one of my ways to get out of the fucking victim mindset and all those things that happened to me, all those bullies that picked on me because they, they did stuff to me and all those things happened to me. No, all those things happened for me. All those things helped me. All those things were there to teach me a lesson. And so a couple of things that, that come from that, right? Like if, if there are things and experiences that are kind of like on a repeat loop happening to you, happening to you in your life somebody bullying you, for example. That's your sign that you're doing something out of alignment from yourself. When you are operating in alignment with yourself, those things aren't happening. Those like bad events, those hard experiences, they're there to teach you a lesson, slap you in the face to move your alignment and change your direction. You can either choose to listen to it or not listen to it. Yeah. When you lack the personal responsibility, you're not going to listen to it. You're going to be a victim.
0: Right. When
1: you take on full responsibility and choose that full responsibility, you see that in those moments and you can realign and change and create the experience that you do want to create.
0: Yeah. I like that. Oh, that's really good, man. Uh, Ross, before we wind this down, I just wanted to mention before it slips past my memory, are you are you a powerlifting coach? Because I didn't mention that in the introduction. Do you are you doing that? I could have sworn you had mentioned that. Yes. A coach? Yeah, that's okay.
1: Yeah, powerlifting coach. That's my my main
0: job. Yeah, um, we're gonna have to talk about leg day for me, bro. Because I'm struggling here. Every, I need to find some. I need to find something hard hitting to like catch up because I'm at that point now where if I don't get serious about the legs, dude, I'm gonna start looking like that guy the leg day guy at the gym, you know what I mean? <laughs>
1: yep. No, I got, I got some resources for you.
0: Awesome. So what's up and coming, bro? Like what is on the horizon for you and with um, Project Unchained and the brand you're building and everything? I'd love to hear about that.
1: Um, well, so up and coming. Well, uh, I have, I always have so many ideas. And so some Sometimes it's hard to decide what which idea to really start to to run to the ground and see see where that'll go. Cause um, you know, I still have the powerlifting coaching and that still still has a lot of my time and attention. Um, so but the intention is, you know, continue growing project unchained, continue to put those resources out there. That at the end of the day, a lot of it is just sharing stories, mental health triumphs and and like self-care tools. I look at and view self-care tools as it's, it's those things to have the better relationship and improved relationship with yourself so that you can create more awareness around your, around your life and understand what you're doing and creating. Um, because at the end of the day, you're always creating and you're either going to create by default or you're going to create with intention. That's good. And you, you do a lot more epic shit when you create with intention Yeah. rather yeah. than the hurt subconscious that might still be present in your life um and i also recently launched my self-development course called the belonging blueprint okay which is you know a step-by-step guide to help people have and learn how to create that internal sense of belonging and significance
0: the self the self-acceptance and self-significance that we were talking about earlier okay yes
1: yes so that you can be internally validated right um and then i've been working on so funny part uh a few years ago i really wanted to get out and start doing some public speaking okay. uh, like i've grown to the point in this like healing journey that i realized my lack of my silence just perpetuates the problem <clears throat> i didn't tell anybody i was suicidal so i was suicidal at 12 i didn't tell a single soul until i was like 19 and i didn't tell anybody once i told that person i didn't tell anybody until when I was twenty eight, probably, when I started this journey. So I like I held on that in my own head for years and years and years and years. And in as I've been going on this healing journey, I start to realize like, man, you know, talking about this, getting that out of my head is so fucking powerful and so helpful. And that's what's great about the journey. Journal, right? The second I take what's in here out and put it on paper, or talk about it with somebody, it, it takes death grip over me away and I can free the energy. I can get rid of the tension and I can stop freezing in an action and I can take action and I can move forward. So I, I started thinking about, I want to, I want to start getting out there and, and, and doing some public speaking. <coughs> Excuse me. And right as I started thinking about that and, and coming up with this vision to do that, um, covid hit and i was like well i'm not gonna try and be going to schools right now and having these conversations and having these talks and and all this stuff and and besides like who am i i don't have a resume for any of this kind of stuff what Mm -hmm. am i gonna do just walk in and be like hey principal nick i got something important to say let me talk to your kids right like that doesn't i feel like that's not a good way so that's what inspired me to start the podcast was oh i need to build a resume how can i build a resume i'm like oh I can just start. I might not be able to talk to people in a school, but I can talk to people on the internet. Yeah. Let's do that. So hmm. now that things are kind of like settling down, I guess uh, I'm starting to refocus uh, on doing some public speaking.
0: Can I make a suggestion with that? Only Absolutely. because only because I have just opened that door. It's it's not like I've walked through this long haul of experience with it, and I can walk you through the whole room. But I've opened <laughs> right. the door, and I've taken a few steps in. I know where the light switch is and I know where the table is that I just bumped into before I found the light switch. Kind of one of those things. But Mm -hmm. I, I spent a lot of time in ministry circles doing public speaking, preaching, if you will, different things like that. Um, Always Mm -hmm. got good feedback from it, you know, like it was kind of down to earth, shared my story, prison, drugs, different things, you know, let people know that, you know, they are loved by a power beyond themselves and they kind of need to love themselves and give themselves grace and all that. But I wanted to get more involved in the psychology, the neural pathway development, you know, speak about different things that you would not find normally in a religious setting, so to speak. And I'm chewing on this, like, how am I gonna do this? I wanna get this started, you know, same thing. I can't just walk into a place or whatever. What I found was more often than not, a lot of those schools, especially in like some of like impoverished areas or whatever, like you walk in and they would be like, please come and speak to these kids. You know, we will make them all come to the gym and sit and listen to you speak. But you'll find more often than not, people are looking for help and resources and when you can build that resume, you know, like you were talking about, like here, I do this podcast, you know, I write this blog or I've written this book or, you know, I've done, you know it kind of just obviously helps bring, um, uh, I guess, just some uh, proof, I guess, as you would that you're in that space. But what I did personally was I contacted the local library in my town here in North Dakota, Williston. And I asked them how much it was to rent the conference room. They told me it'd be a hundred bucks. They said it's a hundred dollars to rent, and you can't sell anything. And I was like, okay, well, I don't really. I, I'm not here selling. This is just my baby steps into this, right? So I had the money. I rented the room. I went on Eventbrite.com and I listed the event. That's a place where if you, hey, right, we're going to be in uh, Phoenix next week, or we're going to be in Vegas next week, let's go on Eventbrite and see what's happening in the town, right? Yep. And uh, yep. that's a, you know, uh, you know, people. Go for like wine tasting or all anything you, you can anything you can imagine is on there. And you list your event, public speaking event. Here are the topics: mental health awareness, uh, you know, developing authenticity within yourself. These different things. You put it on Eventbrite and you put it on Meetup.com, which is another site like Eventbrite. And then find a couple of Facebook groups within your town, like the you know for here it's the yard sale group. You know where people just list yard sale stuff and you get permission from the administrators of those different sites in your local area to list your event and i told them i said look i'm not charging anything for this i just want to help people can i boost this event three or four times on your page as it leads up to the event and you know personal growth and development isn't a real big thing in this town but i was able to get 10 people to come to that first event And it was great. I spent an hour and 10 minutes talking about self-confidence, what fights it, how to build it, talked about neural pathway development, talked about self-limiting beliefs and self-sabotage. We talked about goal setting, all of these different things. And everybody that was there really enjoyed it. You know what I mean? So I got my whistle wet, so to speak, on it. And now I'm actually working with a couple other guys that I've had as guests on the podcast to host a bigger meeting in Phoenix later this year in July. Amazing. So, this will be like um, renting uh, a conference room at like the Hilton or something like that, something that seats like 200, maybe even more people. Um, and everybody brings something different to the table. You know what I mean? A right. like different dynamic of what they bring. And we just actually got this thing rolling this week and sewed up a date and all of that stuff. So, I'm kind of hosting this thing, so to speak. So I've got to get all the dots connected, but if you want it, bro, just get out to rent, rent the conference room at your library for a few bucks and start there running that in the paper, bro. People will come. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, no, that's a good idea. The one, one of the ideas I have uh, that I want to do that's, that's kind of similar. I want to, I'm going to reach out to, um, I forget what it's called. Um, but it's one of the local local places here that helps people that are going transitioning from like rehab back into real life. Yeah. Um, and I forget the the name of the place, um, but it, I want to volunteer there and go talk about some of that stuff with people that have struggled with that substance abuse. Um, because again, for me, one of the parallels I see, be too, with what I went through and what somebody with substance abuse went through is that just generally speaking, trying to escape and not feel something that's that you're avoiding and it's distraction avoidance, uh, behavior. And some of us choose, um, distraction avoidance with, you know, video games or sports or something along those lines. And some people choose substances to, to get away from that, um, so i know my my sister um she struggled with a with a a substance abuse issue for for like 10 years um and it was a heroin overdose right at the end that finally like kicked her in the ass enough to to want to go to rehab and now she's a drug and alcohol counselor nice so yeah it's super really proud of her for what she's been able to to do and create in her life recently in the past several years now that she's been, been able to move on from that part of her life. Um, You're like me, bro.
0: I'm sorry, please go ahead.
1: So like seeing her kind of experience with that makes me want to make sure to go to this place and and volunteer and, and, and give to give to those people.
0: Yeah. They, there is the high ticket flashy lights, seminar conference type crowd, which I mean, most people would say that would be fun. Like I would love to do something like that, you know, and connect and network with high profile people and all that stuff. I mean, there's a place for that, especially if you're trying to build a brand or whatever and you want to network with people. But I have always been geared towards walking with people that are in the mud. You know what I mean? Like the high profile conferences and stuff like that is fun. But there is something about going to the lowest places in society where people are drowning in mud and investing there and having impact there and seeing those people at the lowest rise up and transform their lives. And what I found to, to be the case, and you validated this with that story, is that you will have the most impact with those people more often than you will with the other crowd, because you said she overdosed on heroin and now is a drug and alcohol counselor. Like, right. right. Did I catch that? Right. So, I mean, yep. those people, once they change, they usually roar back with fierce, lion intensity and make something phenomenal out of their lives. Right. Yep. And uh, those kinds of places are thirsty for people that want to come and volunteer you know what i mean yeah that's awesome no, I,
1: eckhart tolle talks about that in in his book a new world or a new earth it's what i'm reading right now yeah a new earth create a better life it's uh a Goic book um <clears throat> when he talks about like the pain body and how the people that most often go out in like do and create like this higher level transformational stuff are the ones that had that heavier pain body. Sure. Um, yeah. And, and I think similar to that, right? Like once you start to <clears throat> heal that pain body, you realize like how fucking bad that sucked and how much better there is. And you're just, you're a lot more inspired to want to go do something
0: yeah. with that. Yep. To leverage yeah. that pain and build something amazing. That. That's the glory, bro. I like that, man. Ross, this has been fantastic. Listen, um, I could go on forever. However, my wife and I and our kids are, are God fearing people. So we're going to head down to the local house of worship this morning. It's good for me. It gives me a sense yeah, of perspective yeah. on the spiritual side of life and stuff like that. Helps keep my mind in a good place and everything. And uh, so I'm gonna get ready to go and do that. But this was really good, bro. I know there's gonna be a lot of good nuggets in here. That I'm gonna pick back up when I when I listen to it again and stuff like that, right. and uh, I'll get it all. I don't. I do minimal editing, bro. But I will get it all boosted up tonight. And when I do, I'll send you the link and stuff like that, and it'll be out there. And I'd love to have you come back home, bro. It's really good. I like my yeah. conversations yep. with down to earth people and whatnot, and uh, just to stay connected with you, bro. Any last words for an audience of men? that are at the bottom in life, or just starting to climb up and out, and are ready to build something amazing for themselves, and they're looking for that key takeaway, the floor is yours.
1: Um, There are, the way I look at it, there's a tripod, right? We have mental, physical, spiritual. If any one of those things that you are in your life is out of balance, the stool falls over. Right. so we have to take care of all three of those aspects in our life however that is it's going to look differently for different people right? right so you know you you go to the gym you train you're doing stuff like this having conversations with people like that so you're taking care of your mind and now you're going to go to your place of worship and take care of your soul but you have to have all three and and again what that looks like might be different for you different for me different from somebody else listening to the show right. but if we don't take care of all three of those aspects in our life there's the stool is going to either fall over or be wobbly at best right and so when you have that sturdy stool and you have that foundation um man everything everything else is supported by that and when it's supported you you you're able to create the life that you really want to create and you're yeah. in control of that so
0: Yeah, balance. I like it. Awesome, man. Well, I'll let you get back to it, brother. And uh, I'm going to go be super dad. And uh, like I said, I'll get this all boosted up today and get it out there. And I'd love to stay in contact with you, man, if that's all right with you. Absolutely. Cool, man.
1: Absolutely. I'd love that. Have a good day, brother.